Amen. Turn in your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter 28. It's good to be here. Good to feel the presence of the Lord. I told Pastor, I was on my way. I preached in Crawfordsville this afternoon. I told Pastor, I said, now, you know, I, I want to help you tonight, but if you revival starts next week, and uh, if you got something you need to need to say, man, I'm I'm with you. He said, "You're on." <laughs> so here we are, and uh, I'm going to tell you right now that I feel like God wants to say something to this people tonight. Amen. Acts chapter 28. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to preach to you tonight about the snakes are coming out of the woodpile. I said the snakes are coming out of the woodpile. Amen. Put your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord and ask God to make you a receptacle of his word right now in the name of Jesus. God, we praise you and we love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Woo! My, my. There is a word jumping in my spirit tonight, and it's just one word. Fire. Fire. This whole scenario in Acts chapter 28 Folks were in a mess because they didn't listen to the man of God. And they shipwrecked. I'll just tell you this, it won't cost you any more. If you don't listen to the man of God, you're headed for a shipwreck. So they ended up on the Isle of Melita and the Bible said that the barbarians were pretty good to them. Built them a little fire so they could warm up a little bit after they drifted in on pieces of the ship that had been broken up. And uh, when they got there, Paul was warming himself by the fire. Now you got to understand, Paul was always in revival mode. He was always looking for some place to have a move of God. And the Isle of Melita after a shipwreck was no different. Somehow he knew before he got off that island, there was going to be a move of God. Come on, I wish somebody would make up your mind that no matter what you're going through right now, before you're done, you're going to have a move of God in your life. Come on, somebody. God wants to give you a move of his spirit even in dire circumstances. And so, you know the story, I won't dwell there long, but a viper came out of the fire and latched on to Paul. And you've got to know something, all it was was a distraction. That's right. yeah. 
I tell somebody that whatever you're going through right now is not the end? It's just a distraction. And God wants to show you how he can move in your circumstance. And so the scripture said that Paul didn't, uh, he didn't run around in circles and say, oh my God, what's happened to me? Said he just shook it off. You know, it's a strange thing, Brother Todd. I don't know how a snake survived in the fire. But I got a feeling maybe the enemy had disguised it there. Because he was going to try to distract from what Paul was going to accomplish through the Holy Ghost. Now, if someone were to run into this house right now and yell, fire, you wouldn't be sitting there like that. (laughs) The whole atmosphere would change. Hearts would race. Eyes would open wide. Nobody would just sit there. We'd all be looking for the exits. Wondering where the fire's at. And I'd be looking to see if this $100,000 sprinkler system was going to work. Well, somebody would run for the fire extinguisher. I know that's a little graphic, but it's a fact. Every bit of that activity would be a natural and understandable reaction because your life could be in danger. But I want to preach to you tonight about a fire that we don't want to run from. We're not looking for a fire extinguisher. In fact, I'm looking for the wind to blow and fan it. Just I'm looking for the wind to blow and fan it and make it a little hotter than it's ever been before. Come on, somebody. Uh, the fire that we need to be crying out for is the fire of God. The fire of the Holy Ghost. John said, there's one coming after me who is mightier than I. And when he is come, he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. You know, for some reason, Pastor, I was standing over there a while ago thinking, you know, there's some people in here that may think that we're a little crazy because they hear us speaking in tongues. I don't know if if it is or not. It might have just been me. And if it was, okay. But if you're here and you think we're a little crazy, let me just say this to you. Don't knock it until you try it. Oh, the old prophet said, that word feels like fire. 
shut up in my boats. He said, I can't keep quiet when I, when I just wanted to crawl in a cave somewhere and shut out the world. There was something down inside of me that said, oh, no, I got to one more time. Let them know there's a God that's large and in charge and he will not be defeated. Now, what, what, what we're seeing is a power confrontation. The power of hell versus the power of God. Or hell versus heaven. Or the fire versus heaven's fire. I'm compelled tonight to tell you the church of the Lord Jesus Christ must catch fire. There is an unholy, satanic, demonic fire that is being unleashed in the earth today. And the sleepy, sloppy, passive, half-hearted, slumbering, half-baked church and church members aren't qualified to deal with it. It's going to take a Holy Ghost fire, baptized church that can pray heaven down and cast hell out. You've heard the old saying, you got to fight fire with fire. Well, it's true. There's nothing less than the fire of God that can put out hell's fire. Even Shakespeare spoke of this fire against fire. Be stirring as the time. Be fire with fire. Threaten the threatener. And I'll face the brow of bragging whore. I want to rise on this Sunday night to charge this church. It's time that we quit being silent. It's time that we quit being neutral. Come on. It's time that we just kind of quit slipping in the background and saying, Well, I don't want to upset the apple cart. I want you to know it's time for us to get in a prayer closet somewhere and fan the fire of the Holy Ghost until we burn out every bit of hell that can be burned out. Come on. Till we drive away every devil in hell that wants to try to prevail in our families. I wish somebody help me right now. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost again. You say, Bishop, you're laying it on pretty thick, aren't you? Surely it's not that bad. Let me just say something. I don't want to be mean. You know me. I'll use one of pastor's lines. You know my heart. You must be kin to Rip Van Winkle who fell asleep and woke up 20 years later and thought everything was the same as when he fell asleep. Yeah, it is that bad. I said it is that bad. 
And any pastor, any leader, any shepherd that doesn't sound the fire alarm, alarm to his or her sheep and to anyone who will listen is failing in their call and is inviting disaster. When witches are banding together, calling for the country to join them and casting spells and hexes and curses against the president and the Supreme Court, we have a problem. And it's not just a disagreement of political parties. It's spiritual warfare. The snakes are coming out of the woodpile. The most important thing that the ministry can do today is equip the saints to fight. Now, I believe in prosperity, but prosperity is not the most important thing right now. Like never before, it's time to pray, and it's time to pray like never before. Oh, no, I'm not going to let that go by. I said like never before, it's time to pray. And it's time to pray like never before. Now I lay me down to sleep. Prayers won't work here. If the church would have prayed those kind of wimpy, sleepy prayers for Peter, he would have died. But the church went into deep spiritual warfare. They went into heaven shaking, hell breaking unceasing prayer and God sent an angel who delivered Peter from the same fate that James suffered. James died because the church was asleep. Would you do me a favor right now and easily elbow somebody and tell them you got to wake up. Now, I don't speak about the Holy Ghost because I think it would be neat for you to speak in tongues. I speak about being baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire because hell is being unleashed against the church and the world and the only thing that can qualify you and equip you and empower you is the power of the Holy Ghost and Fire. John said he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Pastor, there was a reason why he added the fire. He understood that the snakes would be coming out of the woodpile. I want somebody to hear me young and old right now. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Now who exactly does he baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire? Those who have been baptized in his blood. How do I get baptized in his blood, preacher? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Peter said it like this, the one, by the way, who was rescued by an angel because the church was praying. This is what he said when they asked him, what shall we do? 
This is what he said. Repent. Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, that was then and not now. Oh, I beg to differ. He said, for the promise is unto you and your children and all that are far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. If you got the Holy Ghost, I want you to stand up and clap your hands right now. Come on. Now, watch this. Just stay standing. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, let me just tell you that the devil's lied to you because it wasn't just for then. It's for everyone. And watch this. God is no respecter of persons. And if he'll give it to that person standing in front of you, in back of you, at the side of you, he'll give it to you because he wants you to have it. He wants to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You can be seated. The Holy Ghost baptism is a fire baptism. You cannot separate the fire from the Holy Ghost. God, fire has always been a symbol of the Lord's presence among His people. You've heard your bishop pray for years that some point I want God to set a pillar of fire over the outside of this building. Say, I, I don't believe God will do that. I'm fit to show you something. I'm going to tell you, if he did it for Israel, he'll do it for us. Say, well, you're a fanatic. Well, call me what you want to. I'm still in the book. I'm still in the word of God. Watch now. God, God led the children of Israel Through the wilderness, by a cloud by day, and a pillar of fire by night. You you, you know what attracts a crowd, Brother Larry, quicker than anything else? It's a fire. You get a fire burning, and folk are going to come from everywhere to see what's going on. Come on now. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to lead Anderson, Indiana into his presence with a pillar of fire to fill them with the Holy Ghost and fire. I wish somebody would help me right now. I wish somebody touch and agree with me right now. God's going to send the fire. God appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. When God came down to speak to his people, the Bible said, and Mount Zion was altogether a smoke because the Lord descended 
in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mountain quaked greatly. In Exodus 24, the Bible said, And the sight of the glory of the Lord was like devouring fire on the top of Mount Zion in the sight of the people. When Ezekiel saw the glory of the Lord, here's how he described it. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man above upon it. And I saw as the collar of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within it. From the appearance of his loins even upward, and from the appearance of his loins even downward, I saw as it were the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about. When Elijah left, it was in a chariot of fire and horses of fire. Fire has always been an identifying characteristic of the people of God. Leviticus 6 and 12, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it, and it shall not be put out. Here's a little bit of that types and shadow you were talking about this morning, Pastor. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. And 13 said, The fire shall be ever burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Oh, Holy Ghost, child of God. He wants you to be more than just a tongue talker. He wants you to be a fire bringer. Come on. Because the only way to fight fire is with fire. And hell is unloosing, unleashing the snakes. They're coming out of the fire. But there ought to be a church in the 21st century that said that fire's not going to prevail. Those snakes are going back where they came from. Because we've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire and we have authority. We have dominion and we have power over every devil in hell. Fire is heaven's witness that we are God's property. Fire is heaven's witness that God is in our midst. Fire is a purifier. Fire illuminates. Fire brings hidden things to light. Oh, you didn't hear me. Fire empowers. Scripture, you know it. Elijah met the false prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. There was a great conversation between religion and relationship. Between a form of godliness and the power of godliness. Between the works of men and the power of God. I've been telling you for years now. 
We're about to see a confrontation between the real, authentic church of the living God and those that just have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Make no mistake, that's not just in the denominal world. That's happening in the apostolic, quote, apostolic church today. But I believe God's calling a people that are going to rise up and say the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Have I got anybody over here that I believe that with me? Why don't you put the devil to the test? Why don't you put false teaching and false preaching to the test? Why don't you ask God to rain down the fire of the Holy Ghost and burn every bit of it out and reveal the authentic church of the living God? Make no mistake. Make no mistake. There can only be one deciding factor. Well, my church believes. My pastor believes. Now, get me right here. The deciding factor is the God that answereth by fire. Let him be God. When Elijah had finished rebuilding the altar, preparing the sacrifice, make no mistake, there is, it is going to require something of you before the fire falls. Uh, setting the wood in order, pouring water over the offering, he knew that he had done all he could on earth. He knew that it was still insufficient and weak and powerless to change the hearts of the people. And if heaven didn't bear witness and testify with fire, he would probably be killed and Israel would be more vile than ever. And he prayed. Everybody say he prayed. Pray. He prayed. Hear me, O oh Lord. Hear me. That this people may know that thou art the Lord God. And that thou hast turned their heart back again. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. What's that clock say back there? Got my glasses off. 708, we're still good. <laughs> Elijah said, listen, God, hear me. Hear me. He said, hear me twice. He said, I want to be sure that I got a connection here. Come on, church. He said, I'm standing in the gap here, and something's got to happen supernaturally. Something's got to happen to get these people's attention. Listen to me. Listen, listen to me, church. 
I love good singing. I love good choirs. I love good music. I love good worship. I love it when we're running the aisles and dancing before God and shouting and lifting God up. But the only thing that's going to turn the heart of the world back to God is if the fire falls in this place. How's that going to happen? We got to get God's attention. We got we to gotta be sure that God is hearing us. And so the fire fell. You know the story. You, you, you know how it turned out. It licked up the sacrifice, and licked up the water, consumed it all. And he took care of the false prophets. Come on now. We can't just get their attention. We got to wipe them out. Oh, Bishop, what do you mean? I'm going to tell you, we cannot let false doctrine live. We cannot let false teaching live. We've got to let the fire, the snakes are coming out of the fire. They're trying. They're trying to imitate who you are. They're trying to imitate what you are. But God said, if you'll let the fire fall, I'll take care of every false prophet, every false teaching. Come on now. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall in us. First Chronicles 21, 26. David built there an altar unto the Lord, offered burnt offerings and peace offerings and called upon the Lord. And he answered him from heaven by fire upon the altar of burnt offering. Second Chronicles 7 and 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Come on. We're not going to have fire without a sacrifice. Oh, somebody help me. I said we're not going to have fire without a sacrifice. we got to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. It's our reasonable service. Say, so what's the big deal about fire, Bishop? Fire's contagious. I said, fire's contagious. As long as there's material, the fire will burn. Proverbs 26 and 20 said, where no wood is, there the fire goes out. In other words, wherever there are hungry hearts, the fire will burn. Fire of God will burn out of you everything that's not like God. Fire of God will burn out drug addiction and anger and lust and fear and unforgiveness and hate and prejudice and pride. There are too many people who want to know God just as a blesser. But God is not just a blesser. He is a possessor. God wants to possess you. He wants to fill you and flow through you. He wants to make you a channel of His power and a cauldron for His fire. Hebrews 12 and 29 said, For our God is a consuming 
fire. God is wanting to consume you. He's wanting to consume this church. He wants us to be set on fire. He wants to make us a fire brand. The book of Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 7. And of the angels he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Judges chapter 15 and verse 4. And Samson went and caught 300 foxes and took firebrands and turned tail to tail and put a firebrand in the midst between two tails. And when he had set the brands on fire, he let them go into the standing corn of the Philistines and burn up both the shocks and also the standing corn with the vineyards and the olives. Now, I know that's a little strange, but the definition of a firebrand is a piece of wood or material that is burning hot because it's just been taken out of the fire. In other words, it's a piece of material that's carrying some of the fire that it's been in. The second definition of a firebrand is a person who causes unrest or who is very energetic. In other words, a firebrand is a person who is on fire and can stir others and can ignite others. When the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, He came as a rushing mighty wind and tongues of fire. Why? Why? Because God knew the church without power was no match for the devil. He knew that hell's fire was burning against the church. And the only thing that could put it out was fire from heaven. It's still true today. I pray about many things through the week. But at the top of my list, first in priority, is God send the fire. Baptize me with a fresh Holy Ghost and fire. And baptize your church with the Holy Ghost and fire. The fire of God is not a mental concept or idea to be analyzed by the mind. The fire of God is the tangible, manifested power of God invading the realm of earth consuming your mind your soul your body and setting you on fire for the kingdom's sake not a time for the church to go AWOL it's a time for the church to catch fire and fight fire with fire. You need to leave this place on fire tonight. Anybody who gets near you should feel the heat. And especially the devil should feel the heat.
Let me ask you this question. Does hell feel the heat coming from your prayer closet? Does hell feel the flames of your prayers? Ooh, boy, that got quiet. John Knox was a Scottish clergyman who shook Scotland with his prayers. His heart's cry was, give me Scotland, else I die. And Mary, the queen of Scots, said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. Oh, for a church that would rise to the occasion and rise to the call, that would unburden ourselves with the things of this world and would get in a prayer closet, get in a place where we could get a hold of God so that every day when we wake up and our feet hit the ground, hell says, oh no, those apostolics are awake again. Their feet are on the floor and they're ready to do battle. And there's fire in their spirit. And my fire can't handle their fire. All right. I get it. The kind of fire that we need in the church. I need some people up here tonight around this altar who are sick and tired of watching the devil run ramshot over this nation, over our children, stealing the innocence of little kindergartners, murdering the unborn by the millions, twisting minds until they don't even believe they have the right body parts. Are you hearing me? The world's not going to do anything about that. The snakes are coming out of the wood pile. But there's got to be somebody with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Come on. Oh, God. There's only one hope for this nation. And it was not a black hope. It's not a white hope. It's not a man sitting in the Oval Office. It's the man sitting on the throne of heaven. The man Christ Jesus. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And He's invested in the church with power. And He's made us responsible for bringing His will to the earth. He said the church must pray for His kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said the church must bind and loose. He said the church must cast out devils. He said the church must heal the sick in His name. He said the church must do the asking and He will send the fire. Stand with me. Come on and lift your hands and your voices right now. And I want you to put a demand on heaven. Tell God you know you need the fire. Come on, I want you to put a demand on him. I want you to tell him, God, 
I want you to hear me. I need you to hear me right now, God. Come on. I, come on. I want you to talk. Some of you don't even have your hands up. Put your hands up right now and tell God, God, I need you to hear me. God, I need the fire of your spirit to fall. God, I'm desperate for the fire. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of the devil stealing and killing and destroying everything good. Tell God you're ready to fight fire with fire. Come on. Come on. I want you to pray until the Holy Ghost kicks in right here. Come on. John said he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. God, we don't need anything else but the fire tonight. Let the fire fall. Come on, ask him, church. Ask him, church. Ask him.